From PRN, this is Alana Castro-Gilliard. Today's episode is centered around the topic of a single license exam for medical education. Our host, Alana Castro-Gilliard, continues her interview with Dr. Carmody and Dr. Ahmed. Here is an introduction of the voices of both of our guests. Hey, I'm Brian Carmody. Hi, I'm Horace Ahmed. Dr. Carmody, just going back to you, I know you've spoken a bit now, (laughs) Um, but over the years, you've kind of become this advocate for DO students, which historically is unusual to see from an MD. Um, You went to MD school, you work at an MD program now. Um, What led you to become invested in DO specific issues? It's a funny question because um, in in no small part, the answer to that question is actually on this on the same podcast. So, um, you know, I, um, uh, I met Dr. Ahmed, um, through Twitter, um, I guess probably in 2019, you know, one thing that I felt very strongly about for a period of time was, um, you know, was the scoring policy for the USMLE step one exam. And I felt that we were hurting medical education by clinging to these scores. And, um, uh, you know, I, I was on the opposite side of that issue as, <laughs> As Dr. Ahmed and he uh, he debated me vigorously on Twitter on multiple occasions and 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 you know we you know like with many people um, and on that issue you know we sort of had to agree to disagree I wasn't going to convince him and he wasn't going to convince me but but I did um, I was struck by um, the fact that he cared he cared about DO students and he cared about medicine and um, and um, and I respected that and. Um, as time went by, I think um, I think I ended up asking him some questions about why so many DO students were taking the USMLE exam, and um, and one thing led to another, and I kind of got to to know him, and he's a very thoughtful um, leader who 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 cares. I mean that that's that's what I would say is you know from my standpoint, and so it was through him that I, I started to think about some of the issues that um, osteopathic students face, and you know from time to time I've, I've commented on those. I am in no way surprised that Dr. Ahmed and you <laughs> had a disagreement and that sparked it. <laughs> you know, the funniest thing is the, the beginning of the disagreement, it was while I was on my honeymoon. I remember specifically, that's when the that's when that one article came out about, I think FSMB leadership or, or somebody mentioned that students would start watching too much Netflix and that kind of kick-started the debate, and that was literally, I was in in Mexico, Baja, California, with my wife, and I remember, like, tweeting back and forth <laughs> during that time, but but that, it's also a beautiful thing to show that, you know, you can disagree with somebody, and it doesn't have to be the end of the world. It can actually lead to a fruitful relationship and friendship, and it, and it can be productive, and we then have contributed in other ways to, me- to medical education and the topic and discussion of licensing, so... But yeah, that's it's just it's a really funny story, and I, I I love to hear it. And I'm very thankful for those nice words that Dr. Carmody said. I mean, he is the guy on Med Twitter. When you think of Med Twitter, you think of him. So we're very lucky and fortunate to have his support uh, on this issue because it's 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 about getting that support and, and normalizing the discussion. He's helping normalize this. Before, like I said earlier, a few years ago, it wasn't normal to talk about. Uh, you, you know, a single licensing exam or getting rid of the conlex or getting rid of the PE. These are unheard of things. And so it takes allies to make this into a normalized discussion and then you can lead to action from there. Certainly. This is very characteristic for you, Dr. Ahmed, uh, after knowing you a few years. <laughs> um, but as you were kind of saying, there have been a lot of changes happening in the licensure world between single accreditation, residencies, 
um, uh, pass fail for level one, uh, step one, as well as uh, cancellation of the USMLE step two CK. What do you all feel is the purpose of these examinations? And do you think that these are good changes or are they going to be bad? I think maybe you guys might have different opinions on part of it. So I, I think, um, you know, I can comment on some of them. I think that um, a pass fail step one is on the right side of history. I think that, um, you know, there were some advantages to a step one based system. Um, it created a system of win winners and losers. It, it created some predictability. Um, it gave people a path. I mean, those are all good things. But at the other side, I mean, I, I think we can be frank. It, it was idol worship. It was um, infatuation with medical knowledge at the expense of anything that's not explicitly tested on the exam. Um, it was not the way that we would ever choose to design a system. It had just sort of evolved that way. And um, it was an arms race without any natural end. And, um, and I think in, in 20 years, we're going to look back and we're going to be glad that we did it. I mean, that said, there's going to be some headaches, um, you know, in the meantime, and, um, and just making the exam pass fail is a means to make things better. It removes some barriers to making things better, but it doesn't make a whole lot of stuff better just by itself. And, um, one of the sad things for me is, you know, the timing of that announcement was, um, you know, it was in February of 2020. And, um, for a period of time, um, you know, I, I really had a lot of optimism for all the positive changes that were going to occur. I mean, every day I got like a new message or email from some, you know, dean or faculty member saying, hey, we're thinking about how to make this, um, you know, this, this, this system, new system work better. And, and you know, how, how can we evaluate students and stuff? And there was so much good um, thought. And then, of course, you know, like I said, this is February 2020. We were only a couple of weeks away from being inundated with COVID and um, everyone's attention completely getting zoned in on um, how to make medical school work in this new environment. And, um, and I think we're just now kind of digging out from that now where people have the thought space to, to get back to the real work that, that needs to be done. But from my standpoint, it's an incredible opportunity to make medical education better and we need to treat it as such and, and seize that opportunity. You know, for, for me, as, as I'm sure you guys know, <clears throat> I didn't necessarily think that the step one was a great exam. And I agree that it was grossly overemphasized. It definitely became an arms race. It definitely became a thing where when you got to school, you were obsessing over this one test and question banks and things like that and no cards and Anki decks. And it was definitely taking away from the student experience and a holistic education. There's no doubt about it. And my thing is I, I want there to be nationally standardized objective metrics that's, that programs can use to gauge students. And the reason why I want that is because, as I mentioned before, it's, it gives students from schools like mine. Like I came from a small DO school in New Mexico, uh, other even MD schools in, in smaller areas that don't have a lot of academic departments, don't have affiliations with a lot of, you know, big GME programs, so they don't have access to re research, they don't have easy access to networking, they don't have easy access to mentorship. For those students, you know, these objective metrics are a means to level the playing field to a certain extent. Of course, uh, you know, if you go to a top school, you're always going to have a leg up in terms of recognition, but that's what the step one represented to me. But I, I agree that the step one needed to, to be gone and it needed to be replaced. It needed to be ended because of what it had become. It had become this, this step one mania. 
it definitely became an arms race. My issue was with how it was done. I wish that there were alternative objective metrics that they had in place before they removed the step one. Like when the MCAT was changed a few years ago, it was it was over a, a, a you know a certain amount of years. They've developed it. They researched the new MCAT, and then they said, okay, over this next few years, we're gonna we're gonna come up with this new MCAT. We're gonna start it, and 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 they had something ready to go before they ended the old one. So I personally wish that. They had a, either a, a new exam, whether it was a new step one or it was a, a new single licensing exam between the MDs and DOs together or whatever it may have been. I wish there were more objective metrics and I wish it wasn't just one. I wish there was like maybe three or four different tests. So if you just have a bad day, you're not condemned for the rest of your life. Because right, what it was was step one, you do bad and then now your career options have changed. And I think that was very problematic. So there should be more than just one metric. Because I think now what we have we have a situation where we don't have those alternative metrics. <clears throat> so we got rid of step one. We have an absence of alternative metrics. And now I feel that the focus will be on step two CK. And I think that might hurt students more because before, if you did poorly on step one, you could make up for it on step two CK. And then, you know, you know that was a one way to patch up what happened. Now it's all on one exam on step two CK. And that exam is typically taken in your third year as opposed to your second year at the end of your second year so you have more time after step one if you didn't do as well to kind of recalibrate change up your game plan but now that it's step two ck which is taken later you have less time to plan auditions to change what you need to do if, if necessary based on your score you know change your letters of recommendation so i agree that what we had before was not sustainable and it had to be changed so i think we all agree on that and I think we just disagree on maybe how the change should have happened. And, and, I, and I think, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll do what's what's right and we'll make the changes that are necessary. But but that's kind of, you know, my take on it. And I'm actually glad because we're having this discussion. We're revisiting it. Everybody was thinking about this topic. Everyone was talking about it. It forced everyone to think, you know, what are we doing here with these exams? And so now I think we'll have a better solution moving forward because we've all thought about it so much. So, you know, it, it's definitely... Overall, we'll be a net positive, like Dr. Kamodi said. In, tw in you know twenty years from now, I think we'll look at this as a as a as a positive thing that we did, and, and so that's I think the bigger picture. You're going to lose people by saying they need to take more exams. <laughs> well, maybe not more exams, but you know the thing is, look, medical school education is not standardized anymore. The first two years are pass fail. Right now, even third year is like pass fail or honors. Now, licensing exams are pass fail. So when everything, in my opinion, is pass failed, then everything relies on subjectivity. Who, you know, who are your letters from? What kind of research have you done? Who, you know, who are you connected with? Who, what kind of networks do you have? And and that stuff is all going to be more favorable. If I go to USC School of Medicine, you know, I'm going to have better access to research, better networking, letters, and and otherwise I'm just going to be pass failed. So so that's kind of you know it doesn't have to be exams, but more standardization maybe at the first two years or scoring some of these things again. You know, it doesn't have to be necessarily more exams, but that's kind of, you know, my take on it. Um, just to kind of wrap things back around to the single licensing exam specifically, we could go on for hours about pass-fail. There are so many different solutions and ways to go about it. But I want to talk about this piece that you guys have written together on the single licensing exam. What do you guys feel are the biggest drivers for a change towards a single licensing exam? So from my standpoint, um, I mean, I think that these exams, I mean, we, we've certainly misused them for purposes for which they were not intended, you know, like in residency selection, like we were just discussing. But the concept of having a, um, 
you know, having an objective measurement of, um, of physician knowledge or competency to, um, you know, to certify to licensing authorities that, that you're ready to practice. I think that's a, that's a defensible and reasonable idea. Um, so the, the question though, to me is, you know, why in the year 2021, do we need to have these parallel systems of licensure? Um, you know, when I look at it and when I trace the history of that, um, to me, it's, 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 it's now an anachronism. I mean, the, the NBOME arose from a time when, um, you know, MDs and DOs were, were much more different than they are today. And when the attitudes of MDs toward DOs was different than it was today. And there were multiple, um, you know, coordinated efforts to, um, you know, to exclude osteopathic physicians from practice, you know, through the implementation of things like basic science examinations, um, you know, that uh, the AMA or other groups would put forward in particular states, um, knowing that, that most osteopathic physicians could not pass those exams and thus their imposition would sort of eliminate a source of business competition and, what, and, and something that was viewed as a threat to the, um, you know, the allopathic medical profession. You know, we've come a long way since then. Um, I don't think so. So, you know, actually backing up, I mean, so, so the NBOME arose as a way of, of um, you know, licensing osteopathic physicians that would be sort of immune to that threat. And I don't think that that threat really exists these days. I mean, um, you know, we now, as of 2020, we've completed, you know, the, the residency accreditation merger. I think that anybody who is thoughtful and knows things um, views DOs and MDs as being professionally equivalent. I mean, in my own practice, I, I work with DOs. I refer patients to DOs. I consult osteopathic physicians in certain specialties that, you know, when I need their help. And then I, and I, you know, I, I don't view them as being any different than, uh, you know, than an allopathic trained physician. Um, in my opinion, I think that, you know, but, but I'll, and I should back up, but, you know, not everybody views it that way. I mean, we've had multiple, uh, you know, things over the past year that have sort of reminded us about how, um, you know, certain people who should know better still view osteopathic medicine as being a, you know, a, a fringe movement. And, um, and I don't think that you, you do your profession any good by insisting on this separate but equal licensure standard. I think that if you look at the history of osteopathic medicine, what, what has gotten the DO profession to where it is now is the constant um, elevation of standards, you know, elevation of educational standards and professional training standards. And in, in many ways, I mean, emulating the standards for allopathic physicians. And, and so clinging to this um, old system, I don't think that it does the profession any good. You know, and I, and I say that as someone looking at it from the outside. Yeah, I think if, if it's, it's, this is a natural progression, a single licensing exam. You look at, you know, a century ago or 60 years ago, there used to be even separate hospitals. There were DO hospitals and there were MD hospitals. And then now there's no longer separate hospitals. We all work in the same hospitals, the same clinics, the same practices now. And then you went to single accreditation for residency also where now every single physician in the United States is ACGME trained. They train an ACGME program, regardless if you're an MD or DO. And whenever these things happen, there's always this discussion. There's always this group of individuals who says, we're going to lose our identity, our DO identity, which is so unique and different. You know, that, that's what's going to happen. Every, every time we've had this kind of change, this, is, this has been the case. So 
this is a natural progression. The the funny thing is, you know, the CEO of the FSMB is a DO. So that is just another example of how these we've become so kind of you know interlinked over the years that having a single licensing exam is really just to me is just a natural progression. And I think it's not going to stop there. I think when you look at medical school accreditation, MD schools are accredited by LCME, DO schools are accredited by COCA. I think that in the next perhaps decade or so, or maybe earlier, maybe a little later, Department of Education is going to force a single accreditation at that level too, where you have, instead of two accrediting bodies for medical schools, you have one because it's really wasteful and redundant to have two sets of entities for things where we, where we really don't need them. And when it comes to the, the USMLE exam, I think we might get into this later, but you know we've posted in one of our letters that the initial intention was to have a single exam between MDs and DOs. That was the plan. The USME was supposed to be for everyone. And that the NBOME then backed out last second uh, for, for you know, those reasons that were mentioned earlier. So the original intention was to, was to have a single exam anyway. So if we go back towards that, we're just going back to what we were going to do in the first place. And it's a natural progression of you know, what is happening already. And so there's no, there's no need to have two separate exams. And we can get into that some more. success. You should not be afraid of higher standards. And, and I think what was just mentioned is a real concern that, that eventually, if you have a single licensing exam, that there'll be a single medical school accreditation system. And there's sincere concern that certain colleges of osteopathic medicine would not meet the LCME standards. And I don't think that if that's what's motivating anyone in this, and you're listening to me right now, I would say you're going to be, you're going to be on the wrong side of history. If you're, if you're choosing for, you know, for self-interest to protect a lower standard, I think that's a, that's a bad move. There were people who argued against the ACGME accreditation system for that reason. They said, oh, we're going to lose certain residency programs that won't meet the ACGME standards. You know, we might have, but are, are, are we missing those positions? I don't, I don't think we probably are. You know, I think that in general, osteopathic physicians have better options for GME now. And I think anybody would, would, would probably agree with that. You have you have broader and better options uh, now than if we had clung to a handful of sort of marginal residency positions that didn't meet what we consider to be the minimal acceptable standard. And similarly, if there are schools out there that do not have the requisite financial resources, that do not have the requisite governance or that do not have the, the minimum acceptable training sites for their students, those schools need to be under pressure to elevate their standards or they need to get out of the business. And I don't think, even if, even if you're, you're defending the NBOME on the belief that, well, you know, it's the slippery slope, soon we're going to have to submit to LCME accreditation, you're not going to, in the long run, you're not going to benefit your profession by clinging to standards that are lower. So if that is what's motivating anybody, I, hear my words and, uh, and think about how that's going to play out over the next 10 or 20 years. Yeah, and that's a good point. You know, when when the single accreditation system was happening, there were doomsday theorists and, and people. I, I shouldn't say doomsday theorists, but there were people who had reasonable and, and respectable hesitations. And the, one of their concerns was, oh, you know, we're not going to get their accreditation or ACGME or AOA programs. But now we see that over ninety percent, or around ninety percent of programs, transition to ACGME. 
And the the pro, the majority of the programs that did not transition from AOA to ACGME, the majority of them were not going to continue their program anyway, either because they planned on closing down for financial reasons or they weren't filling their positions anyway. So there was a minority of programs that didn't make it to ACGME that applied and actually wanted to, and they didn't make it for whatever reason. And I think that's fine. And it goes to the point of higher standards. And similarly, if we're to have a single accreditation at the level of medical school licensure, I think you'll see the same thing. A vast majority will make it. A minority will not. And it doesn't just happen overnight. Just like single accreditation, they met in the middle. They, 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 they lacked some of the requirements. And they gave a four to six year window for you to meet this, the new requirements. So it wouldn't be overnight we lose you know 10% of our schools. It would be a gradual process that would take several years. And then another thing about single accreditation, our match rate was the highest it's ever been in NRMP last year. It was 91%. Placement rate was over 99%. So single accreditation has been extremely successful for students. The, another way it's uniquely successful is before when you had two separate systems for residency, you had two separate matches. So if I was a DO and I wanted to do orthopedic surgery, I would have to make a decision. Am I going to take the risk of going the MD residency match cycle or am I going to self-select out of that cycle and apply only to the safer AOA programs and apply there? And so now those same students are applying to both all programs simultaneously because we're all one ACGME accredited program now. So you're not having to self-select anymore. So that's why also the last few years you may have seen more DOs. In, in higher play programs or places they've never been before. And you're also seeing MDs in places they've never been before on the DO side. So there's so many different benefits of that single accreditation system. And I think it's a really successful model. And if we were to emulate that at the medical school level too, I think we'll have similar success. So Dr. Ahmed, you kind of spoke to this a little bit, but I wanna ask you directly. What would you say to those that argue having a single licensing exam may lead to DOs losing their distinction as osteopathic physicians then? So, you know, what is our distinctiveness? I think it, our, in the past, we had a unique approach. And that unique approach was patient-centered care, considering the mind, body, and spirit, considering socioeconomic status and education level in the treatment of the patients. I think those are beautiful traditions that we had, but everyone in medicine has adopted those. Every healthcare profession has a patient-centered approach now. Everyone considers socioeconomic status. That is the, the norm now. So that is no longer something that we can say we uniquely do. Separately, OMM, the, J, the Journal of American Osteopathic Association just published an article just about a week ago about the use of OMT amongst modern day physicians or medical students. And according to this study, just came out on the 29th, only 8% of DOs use OMT and 78% report using it for less than 5% of their patients, meaning less than 10% of people even use OMM amongst DOs. And that's continuing to downtrend to 2001. So you have a situation where is, is OMM what makes us unique? First of all, I don't think so. That is just OMM that makes us unique. And even if you say that is less than 10% use it and it's going down every year. The use of OMM has gone down to such an extent that the American Osteopathic Association has two separate pathways for certification now. You can do an OMM certification or a non-OMM because so many people don't use it. And I personally love OMM. So that, that's not the issue. But you don't lose distinctiveness by having a single licensing exam. 
uh, not in any way. What, what makes us unique now in the modern setting is that we, our schools tend to be in community-based areas. We're not a part of large academic centers in big cities. We tend to be in high need areas. My school was in Las Cruces, New Mexico. We have a school, you know, in, in rural areas. We tend to recruit as a result from rural communities. And because we tend to be in rural areas, underserved communities, we tend to get students from those rural underserved communities. We also tend to place physicians in high need areas to a greater extent. We tend to create GME in these high need areas. So that is what is osteopathic distinctiveness to me, is the fact that, you know, we're kind of contributing in under-resourced settings. We're providing healthcare and we're producing physicians in these settings. That's what's unique, but you know, that has nothing to do with a licensing exam. And you can preserve any idea of, of, of you know, uniqueness if you think it's OMM that makes us unique. That can still be preserved with an additional subject test. You take one licensing exam and you take an OMM subject test. I mean, and there's so many ways, or you, you do an OMM test at the comm level. So, you know, the, the, the answer to your question really is you start with what is our distinctiveness in this era, in the modern age, and, and how does the licensing exam affect that? It doesn't affect it at all. As an outsider, let me just let me say, I mean, I hope you saw my vigorous head nodding as you were, uh, you know, saying all that. I mean, you can articulate a philosophy without the MBOME. I mean, um, you can market your beliefs without the MBOME. I mean, from my standpoint, there is very little that um, that the MBOME is necessary for. There's nothing that I think the the general public or or your MD colleagues think. Oh, well, that you know something about osteopathic medicine. Oh, well, I think of the MBOME as as being the guardian of that. I think that's foolish. I mean, I think that DO schools should continue to distinguish you know their vision and they should continue to um, you know espouse their philosophy and put mentors in front of their students. That, um, that demonstrate those values, because that's how it impacts your practice. It's honestly, it's not from, you know, the national board, um, you know, designing these tests. Yeah, it's our tradition. It's it's like the physicians who taught me, a lot of them, they trained in these high need settings, these high, these underserved settings. And then they, they transmitted that sense of community, being, being a physician in, in your community, being like a family member to them. You know, those intangible things can never be captured by a test. And to reduce our distinctiveness to just an exam, I think belittles our profession. It belittles our history, our tradition, our philosophies, which are so beautiful and they are unique. And I don't think, you know, chalking it up to an exam, it does us any service. Yeah, just to, you know, go to that specifically about NBOME um, involvement in making these exams in a world where you guys have created now a single licensing exam. Do you believe that there should be any changes made to the USMLE or would you prefer that the NBME and the NBOME work together to make one exam? I mean, this, these are people's jobs and, you know, there is a lot of financial parts to also take into account. I think the single licensing exam is the best solution for all of us. It's the most, you know how we talked about what are ways we can make changes happen? We talked about reach out to legislators, reach out to media outlets, go through the AOA, go through COCA. We mentioned all those things. This, I believe, is the, is the way to solve our issues is having a single licensing exam. So, so this is the way we alleviate all of our concerns. You cannot just eliminate the COMLEX or the NBOME. The, I, the NBOME, to me, has value. You know, they represent our interests. They have a place that we, you know, I'm not calling for the abolishment of the NBOME, 
But if they were to work with the NBME and FSMB, the, the owners of the USMLE, and these three parties were to get together and create a new exam, we also talked about earlier how the step one exam well, maybe wasn't the best exam anyway, based on the scoring and the means, the standard deviation. So I think they, I think the MDs need a new exam also. So I think this is a perfect time to get rid of this USMLE step series, get rid of the COMLEX series, and for the NBOME and the NBME to partner together to create a new exam that's more valid, that's a better assessment, is a more accurate assessment, is a better test. And not only that, that as an option maintains the NBOME's revenue stream, which is extremely important because we can't dance around the fact that this is a company and they you know, have need to make money and they have a staff and the payroll. So if the NBOME is to work on a new exam with NBOME, they would be able to retain you know, some financial revenue, which they, I think, will be more on board with doing as well. So I think having a single licensing exam really solves the PE issue. It solves the complex issue. It solves the fact that our students have to take two exams, pay for two exams, stress about two of them, schedule two of them. It really, to me, is the ultimate solution. I, I agree with much of that. I think that um, if I were on the board of the NBOME, which of course is not going to happen in a billion years, but I would say, look, guys, I mean, we sort of are at a crossroads here professionally. I mean, we can by brute force. We have the infrastructure built up around us to continue to impose the complex. So long as, as, as we can convince Coca of its necessity, we can continue to exist as we are uh, and change nothing. And so we could adopt this policy of just sort of brute force. And we're going to protect that, that requirement. And we're going to lobby the state boards. And we're going to do the exact opposite of everything I was saying that students should do, you know, back at the, be you know, at the beginning of our discussion. Um, but that's short-sighted. And I hope that the NBOME, what I hope they realize is that um, students are really angry. I mean, I've said this before, but I mean, I, I'm somebody who's commented in this space on a number of issues. And this stuff, honestly, generates more angry messages to me than any of the other topics that I've talked about. And like I said, I talk about some pretty heated stuff. I think they need to appreciate that, you know, the, the population pyramid of, of, of osteopathic medicine is broad. You know, there are more osteopathic students in school now than there have ever been. You know, there are more than there were five years ago. And in five years, we're going to have more still, you know, and as that group of people moves up in the profession, um, they're going to have different feelings and they're going to remember the way they were treated and they're going to view things differently. And so I think that you need to have a little bit of a longer, you know, view of the, of the future. I think similarly, you should realize that despite your own self-interest, it's not the AOA's place or the student's place or anyone else's place to protect your job. Again, this is the United States of America. You, you secure your job by providing a service, by bringing to bear a skill that the market values. And there, I think the NBOME has some skills that are in demand. I mean, they, they, they can effectively run a business. They have some administrative skills. They have some psychometric skills. Those are skills that are in demand. And, and to be frank, there are opportunities to bring those skills to bear in other areas. Like we were discussing, the, you know, the, the pass-fail uh, decision does leave a void for students who, um, who want to distinguish themselves on a standardized metric. They want something to certify to residency program directors that they have what it takes, despite their lack of pedigree. And um, there's a real market for that. 
And the NBOME, if they were so inclined, could probably better serve their constituents and better advance the field of osteopathic medicine by diverting their skills and resources into generating those kind of metrics to certify to residency program directors that someone has this particular competency, not some drummed up uh, you know, competency that that predicts a, a minuscule risk of state licensure, you know, in the future, but a real thing that matters to program directors right now, we're going to vouch for it. And so that's that's my opinion of what the NBOME should do is they should read the tea leaves and say, you know, we are an organization with a proud history. We've served a useful purpose, but because of our own success, the need for our organization is kind of winding down and we need to kind of divert our operations into an, uh, a different area that will continue to serve the osteopathic community. And, you know, frustration is definitely at an all-time high. I am literally messed. I wish I could show you my DMs on between Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I swear on a given week, at least 15 to 20 people are messaging me and they're not bots. They're not, they're not, you know, random people. I mean, these are real individuals, real students who are reaching out to me and just telling me they're sharing with me their frustrations. What can I do? What can I do? That's the number one question I get. What can I do? Uh, people are so frustrated. Students are so upset. They're hurt and, and they're going to harbor, they're going to remember these feelings. And, and that's why this is the time where they really need to act. You know, our article that the letters that we've been publishing in academic medicine, if, you, if they're just, it's a silly thing, but if you look at their metrics, they're in the 95th and 98th percentile in terms of social distribution and sharing. And what that means is, is people are, are really looking at this topic right now. And this is, this is of high interest to a lot of people. So that the, all the momentum is here. Like I said earlier, this DO Student Association, SOMA, 15,000, 16,000 members passed a resolution already calling for a single licensing exam. So we know that the future of the DOs want this. We also know that the FSMB and the NBME, they want a single licensing exam also. It is literally just the NBOME is the, is the last party that is, is needs to act. And, you know, if, if they if they take this action, which I believe they will, I'm hopeful. Maybe I live in, you know, I'm watching too many Pixar movies, but I, I think, you know, they'll do it. But but this is the time because frustration is at an all time high. I've never seen anything like it. I was in leadership for, you know, student leadership for four years. I've been in so many weird committees and task forces and all this stuff. I have never seen this level of frustration and disappointment amongst the student body across the country as I'm seeing right now. So taking this, you know, time of frustration and students hopefully advocating as well as other groups um, like you guys who are practicing physicians now, in 10 to 15 years, where do you realistically see the state of medical licensing in these exams? I think the exams are not going away. I mean, I think that there will continue to be a need for these exams. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, they do provide, I mean, at a bare minimum, I think even if you're critical of exams, um, they provide some face validity that benefits the medical profession. You know, the idea that um, you can't just hang out a shingle and say you're a doctor, you know, the idea that you have to be licensed, that you have to demonstrate some measure of competency before then, ultimately that, that benefits patients and it benefits us. I mean, I think it's fair to be honest about that. So I think we will always have a role for these exams. I do think in 10 or 15 years, I do think that we will have a, um, a single licensing exam. Um, and I do think that we will um, have broader state reciprocity agreements so that a physician who's licensed in one state uh, will have fewer 
uh, paperwork burdens and you know less red tape to get through to move to a, another state. I think that the pendulum is swinging in that direction also. I agree. I think I think we will have a single licensing exam. Uh, I would like to believe there'll be some more quality objective metrics, so it's not focused on just one test. And I do think that this this movement towards consolidation is inevitable, and I and I do believe it will happen sooner than later. Well, thank you guys so much for sitting in with me today to talk about this. I've enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for this opportunity. It was fun. This podcast provides general information and discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. It is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice or the practice of medicine. The views expressed herein do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Edward via College of Osteopathic Medicine or any other institution or employer. This episode was hosted and produced by Alana Castro-Gilliard and edited by Peter Samuel. For more PRN, please be on the lookout. If you like this episode, tell someone about it and start up a conversation. This is PRN.